everybody, and welcome to So It's Come to This, a Simpsons Family Podcast. I am the Father Brian. What is up? I am here again. Who are you? As uh, someone not important. Great. Someone of very little importance. Stop it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep talking. <laughs> I know you are. But not say your name, no. which is Brendan. Is it? It is. Are you pointing at me? Pointing at you. My name is Corey. I'm the mother. Uh, next! <laughs> there is no next. Next that's question. Oh. oh, that's so. unfortunate. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate having you here. And let's get to our Romper Room shout-out. Oh, here's my mirror. Look at that. Dean, my mirror is dirty. Is it? Yep. Mm. You know what that means. Mm-hmm. I have I to don't. clean it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, are Here you we sure go. about that? That's the spray because it's real dirty. Why don't I just edit this out every time? Now it's better. Good. Alright, so hello, Magic Mirror, and I'm looking in it, and I see my friend Caleb! There he is! And I see Jess, and I see my friends Mike, Susie, and Maurice. You know, they're the, they're the Boogeyman's Closet. Go listen to their podcast. It's not a podcast for babies. It's a podcast for big people who drop F-bombs. Oh, dang! And like horror, st- horror movies. Hello to my friend Tim! Carl, who I see also, he also has a podcast. He has a podcast called The Devil's Do. He's, he's, if you like Carl, and who doesn't? Wow. <laughs> Hello, Patrick. If that isn't a uh, recommendation, I don't know what is. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Lindsay. Hello, baby. Go listen to Baby's Podcast, the Goo Goo Gaga Hour, sponsored by Masterclass. Hello, Dolly. We're not, going, we're not phasing out this bit, huh? Nope. <laughs> Hello, Dolly. Hello, Joey. Hello, Teresa. I don't know anyone named Dolly. I just want to say hello, Dolly. I assume. Hello, Teresa. Uh, hello, Jasmine. Hello, Jay. Hello, Amy. Hello, Justin, if you're you're still listening, if that's your name. Hi. Onto the real people. Hello, TJ and Cash. Hello, Sterling K. Brown. Hello, Karen in Georgia. Hello, Tony Luca, Mark Warden, Josh Ackerman, Jennifer McGill, and Damon Pampolina from the MMC. Oh my God. Hello, Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel. Hello, Martin Starr, one of my best friends. Bet you didn't know that. He is. Hello, Thomas Lennon. Hello, Jason. S- I always want to say Seagull. That's right. But I want to say Seagal, like Steven Seagal. It's It's not. not But that's not right. It's Jason Seagull. That's correct. And Steven Seagal better not be in your mirror. Um, Hello. Break it. Hello, James Franco and Danny McBride. Hello. Hello, guys. Love you. Mean it. Hello to. Oh, I don't know. Joe Latriglio. Hello, Ethan from Crank Game Place. And hello, Mark, even though you don't listen. Hello, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, hello to 
Ken Marino and uh, Michael Ian Black and um, hello to Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. What do you think they listen to when they're not filming their show Falcon and Winter Soldier? That's right, people. They listen to this podcast. Anthony Mackie, huge Simpsons fan. No one knows that. They do he's now. also he's also a fan of Dean, I hear. Oh. Yeah. And Dean's a fan of his. Um, hello t- also to you. Hello, you. Thank you for being here. Dear listener. Hello, Durs, Adam, Blake, and Kyle. I would like to say hello to the Mighty Ducks. Keenan Thompson, Joshua Jackson, uh, the kid who played Adam Banks, (laughs) um, Goldberg, um, Fulton Reed, um, all of of you. I forgot Julie the Cat. Julie the Cat, I'm sorry. Goldberg. I'm sorry. Hello, Mighty Ducks. And Emilio Estevez, also fan of this show. Great. Bet you didn't know that. Did. Oh, hi, Chris Rudd. Also, he wanted me to say hi to him. But more, most importantly, my best friend, sorry, Chris Rudd, the Silver Fox himself, Dick Gear. Yep. Don't start clapping. Oh. <laughs> we did it! We did it. We did it. Chris Rudd. Oh, my God. All right. Keep that. Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Moving on. Yes, so moving on. Um, So, as always, if you would like to reach out to us, you can reach out to us through email. Maybe you'd like to tell us to stop doing that. Maybe nope. you'd like to tell Corey to stop clapping. Maybe you'd like uh-uh. to tell Corey to keep clapping and do yeah. more clapping. Please don't, don't tell us that. Or you could email so, and fight me. Yes, you could do that as well. So if you'd like to do that and you are interested in that, you can email us at so it's come to this pod at gmail.com. Our Instagram is so it's come to this underscore pod. And on Facebook, you can find us at so it's come with the number two, this. What about Twitter? We don't talk about Twitter. By the way, we don't do anything on Instagram anymore. I mean, we could. Well, Kalen's in charge of our Instagram, and Kalen doesn't do anything with this podcast anymore. Mm-hmm. So. Actually, didn't London at one point say she was going to take it she, over? She and offered, she's not going to she, do anything. She offered to, and Kaylin told her no. So... Oh, okay. All right. Well, you tell me. We'll see if we get some stuff up there, but if you'd like to follow us, you can find us on there as well. All right. So, um, yes, no Kaylin today. We couldn't convince her to come along and give us a useless weather update, which is too bad because our weather is actually getting pretty nice around here Ooh, lately. Do we have any emails? We do not have any emails. So, but we do have an Ion Springfield Why segment. Why don't you love me? So, a few things today for our Ion Springfield segment. Uh, the first thing I just wanted to talk about was uh, Matt Groening did a interview in USA Today where he was discussing uh, things that had to do with the acknowledgement of 700 episodes of the show, which of course we mentioned um, in our last episode here that they were celebrating their 700th episode. So just a few um, things that I'm going to highlight here. So um, he was asked first what it was like to uh, hit 700 episodes, what it means to him, and he said it's a staggering number and it's another episode it's the same amount of work so basically just kind of discounted that a little bit i guess um and 
when asked uh, when The Simpsons started, it was the youthful rebel, just like Bart, and asked what stage of life it's at now. And Matt Groening said, the show is such a part of the pop culture landscape that whole different gener- generations have discovered it. I give a piece of advice to people who grew up with The Simpsons and maybe think it's not for them anymore. Check it out again. The satire and the quality of animation is fantastic. I'm really proud of the group's efforts. Yeah, Patrick. Exactly. And maybe some of you others out there. So yeah. But especially Patrick. We've we've said it before, still watching it, and uh, still enjoy it. I'm not. I mean, it's... You watch it now and again. It's fine. That's all right. I clarify. I say I'm watching things if I watch it when you're not watching it. Okay, gotcha. All right. Um, also, uh, they asked him if it bothers him that The Simpsons doesn't attract ne- nearly as large of an audience as it used to, and he said, "I don't think about that stuff at all. I think about the intensity of our fans' reactions and trying to make them really happy. If big numbers come with it, that's great. If they don't," Well, let's keep that a secret. Um, there was some other things that were mentioned in regards to uh, Hank Azaria, of course, and um, Apu and things like that, and just kind of his thoughts about him um, not voicing him anymore and things like that. And they asked him, which is one of the things that I've been wondering ever since uh, Hank Azaria stopped voicing Apu, what is going to happen to the character? Because we really haven't seen much of Apu since Hank Azaria uh, stepped away from the character. And Macarenic said, we've got plans for Apu, but we have to see if we can make the stories work. Asked if they have a voice actor for him, he said, no, we're working on something kind of ambitious, and that's all I can say. So, not really sure what that all means, um, but also asked about... Um, the criticism of Apu being a stereotype and asked if he would change the nature of Apu's character or any of the stories involved with him. And he said, I think the Apu stories are fantastic. And he's one of the most nuanced characters on a silly two-dimensional cartoon show. So yeah, I'm proud of Apu. Then he paused and said, I'm trying not to open up another chasm of criticism, but it doesn't matter what I say, I'll get it anyway. And last thing I'll mention here is there was obviously several more questions, but the last thing I'll mention here is if he has thought about having The Simpsons come to an end. And he says, my standard answer is there's no end in sight, because anytime I speculate on the show ending, the people who work on it and diehard fans get very upset. So I always say there's no end in sight. So there you have it, straight from his mouth. Uh, A few other things here. There is another Adidas shoe that is planned, and this time this shoe is inspired by Duff Beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've had a few others already. We've had the Squishy and we've had the Flaming Mo. So now there's going to be one inspired by the Duff Beer. And like the other ones, I will post this one on our Facebook page so you can take a look. Um, I think this is the best of the three uh, so far that's coming out. And last one I'll mention, and Corey, this might interest you. Hank Azaria is selling his Westchester home for $3.25 million. What's the address? Um, I don't know. It's in Westchester, New York. So it's nestled on four private acres. Is it on Zillow? Uh, I don't know. The property features a large farmhouse, a swimming pool, and a one-bedroom, one-bathroom guest apartment located above the heated three-car garage. Oh. It is 5,384 square feet. 
has four bedrooms and a two-story sunroom. And outside, there are covered patios, extensive gardens, and a kitchen. Beautiful. Outside? There's a kitchen outside? Apparently. Is there a kitchen inside? I would assume so. So yeah, he probably has like a cooking thing like out near the grill or something. You know, these people go nuts in Hollywood. They do. But this house was in New York. Well, they go nuts there also. (laughs) But that's where we are. Yeah. Well nuts all right well that's all i have today so what do you got for us for news and views uh i don't have a lot but apparently um, you have a doozy you said you were holding on i do to have a doozy i'm gonna save that for last i only have two though so here's my first one i would like to welcome kim kardashian kim kardashian to the billionaires club why am i welcoming her i don't know i'm not a billionaire or are you maybe i am all the revenue from this podcast kicking in and and i'm high listen if i stop it listen if i was a billionaire we would live in a bigger house just because of all of the clothes and hand towels i have and funko pops <laughs> yes dean do we'll you mind an entire wing for funko um, pops we could probably have a we could probably make an expansion to this house with the hand towels for the Funko Pops. Oh, that wouldn't work. Anyways. Anyways. Not with that attitude. Um, <laughs> Kim Kardashian is now a billionaire. Good for her. Uh, she's worth like $1.3 billion. So she's part of the Billionaires Club. Great. You've said that about four times now. <laughs> billionaire Kim. <laughs> yes. Anyways. So here's the doozy. A man was arrested at the Disney Springs Resort. Mm, I've heard about this. Why do you ask? Is it for carrying a weapon? Is it for being a drunk jackass? Maybe it's because he was obsessed with the Mickey Mouse Club and he was looking for them. (laughs) Was, Was he running around screaming, Dale, where are you? That was a member of the Mickey Mouse Club. I assume was he was he looking for Jason and shaking people violently, saying, You're not Jason Jason lives in Nashville. Oh sir. my god. Anyways, here's, here's why he was arrested. He was arrested for refusing to have his temperature taken. That's right. He was arrested for refusing to have his temperature taken. You know, the little beetle boop yep. that you do literally everywhere mm-hmm. for over a year now yeah so they're putting something in your brain Corey. <laughs> yeah you, you and don't I, know and i have 5g shooting from my fingertips pew pew <laughs> the man stated that he spent fifteen thousand dollars on the trip fifteen thousand dollars on the trip and then he was also a stockholder what what did he think they were going to do be like oh you're a stock your your temperature is 98.6 then okay so the police were called they escorted him out when they were escorting him out he said will you take my temperature before you kick me out please Well, no, because we've asked to take your temperature at least 10 times and you've refused and caused a ruckus. So the cops told him, no, sir, we'll take your temperature when we get to jail. Nice. (laughs) Where's Debbie Downer? No, that's an uplifting story. 
But yeah, I just love that about the, I spent $15,000. Well, I mean, a lot of people that go to Disney spend that kind of money, if not more. Just get your temperature taken, man. Did it say where this man was from? Mm, I didn't read in the story. It's not important. He's just a D-bag who refused to have his temperature taken. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all you got? That's that's it. All right. Wait. I have a news and view. Oh, you have a news and view. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the Sabres broke their streak. They sure did. No one cares. <laughs> and then I After think... After 18 losses. And I think they've lost the last two, so... Yep. They're back on the streak. Starting it again. Back on the snide. And... Wait. No, go ahead. Currently, they're two to two in the second period. Oh. So, uh, I don't Never know. Never know. Never <laughs> know. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I got. All right, thank you. All right, so for our episode today, Brendan, tell us what we are looking at. We're watching uh, Homer Badman. This was season six, episode nine. Oh, and uh, it it was the one hundred twelfth episode of The Simpsons. It was the production code was two F O six. By O, I mean zero. Uh, it originally aired on November 27th, 1994. It was directed by Jeffrey Lynch. It was written by Greg Daniels. It guest stars Dennis Franz. The chalkboard gag was, I will not whittle hole passes out of soap. The couch gag was, the family chases the couch and back wall down a long portal type hallway. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, what did I throw you off by putting the, the number overall on there? Yes, you did. So I think I found uh, his house on Zillow. Oh my god. Okay, great. It's pretty nice. I would imagine so. $3.25 million. I thought you said billion. No, million. No, Kim Kim Kardashian's a billionaire. That's where you got the billion oh, okay. from. All right. Well, we will put that up on Facebook as well. How so much is it? $3.25 million. This is not it then. Okay. Well, if you do find it, we'll put it up. So so before jumping in here, a few things, of course. Um, so that couch gag that Brendan just mentioned. Um, Corey, have you ever seen Time Bandits? Yeah. So apparently there's a scene where thieves, thieves are trying to escape the supreme being. And okay. they end up pushing the wall backwards. I think that's like on Prime or something now. Okay. Well, apparently that's what they were kind of parodying is uh, that moment there. Um, of course, Brendan also mentioned Greg Daniels is the writer of this particular episode, and most of you should probably know Greg Daniels, because anything in the last 10 or 15 years that has been good on television, he's responsible for Have it. I seen him in my magic mirror? You have not. Then how would they know? <laughs> but, um, so obviously he's the creator of The Office, Parks and Rec, but Greg Daniels has done a lot of great things that people really love. Um, and he's also a very close friend of Conan O'Brien, 
So I thought you were going to say he was a close friend of yours, and I was going to start yelling that you were a liar. I am not. I mean, so. you have a ton of celebrity close friends, yeah, as you say that's true. from every But that's episode. all real. But that's true. Yeah. So, um, so, of course, he wrote this episode, and he originally pitched this episode as being more centered on Lisa and Homer's opposing ideas on feminism. Uh, they were to argue over how men and women get away with certain things in society, so the double standard. But David Merkin thought it would be funnier to make fun of how the media likes to sensationalize news stories in the name of ratings, such as the O.J. Simpson murder trial, and because that was occurring around the same time uh, this episode premiered. Uh, several gags in this episode were based on what real-life shows like Hard Copy would do, uh, <laughs> such as basically making people look to be guilty without a trial, as well as a complete invasion of privacy by setting up camp outside people's homes. Um, My grandma loved Hard Copy. I'm sure. So, Brendan, you're probably not familiar with those shows, but they were essentially just like tabloids, and they weren't too far from the truth from what they were showing on The Simpsons. How do you think I got my love of skanky pop culture? <laughs> um, so in one moment in the show there's the talk show which was host by Gentle Ben. <laughs> and, so apparently the reason for this because it's obviously very ridiculous and I'm sure Brendan you were very confused why there's just a bear walking around with mm -hmm. a microphone on its head. So, Gentle Ben was, what, a show from the 70s? Yes. And it was a grizzly bear that was gentle. But essentially, the reason why they were doing this is because it reflects the writer's feeling that anyone could host a talk show because all they need is a microphone and an audience. That's true. So, essentially, that was what they were doing there. Um, Dennis Franz was the writer's second choice for the actor who plays Homer in the television dramatization. But according to the DVD commentary, the original actor was, quote, more barrel-chested. So they didn't say who it was, but he was more barrel-chested than Dennis Franz, apparently. Um, this was the first ever episode to be given a rating of 12 in the United Kingdom due to moderate sexual references, including themes of sexual harassment and voyeurism. So in the U.S. where we have, you know, Y7, and then we have, what's the next one, is it Teen? Or is it 13 or something? I forget what the next rating up. I think it's TV 14. TV 14. And then it's MA. Yeah. So their rating must be, they must have a 12 in there. So this was given a rating of a 12. And it was the first uh, Simpsons episode uh, to be rated that way in the UK. And um, one of the other things here, of course, is that this was a reflection on the rise of cable news and midday talk shows, which really go about exploiting fears Sally, and anxieties. Yep. And so, yeah, they they try to exploit fears and anxieties, and it was really used to show how television can sensationalize topics before they're found to be true or false. So, Brendan, there was once a time where there was not cable news on all the time. It was literally, you just got news a few times a day, and that was it. So, of course, once that started to happen, where uh, the rise of CNN and Fox News and all these other shows, uh, basically, they're being used to hold the viewer's attention as long as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. So, Corey, do you have any thoughts on basically what it was like before versus like what it's like now? Um, I mean, I even just those and like you mentioned, like Sally Jesse and all the other talk shows and well, like any thoughts on that? 
as no one knows who listens except like for Susie, uh, my grandma was a big fan of midday talk shows. Geraldo, Phil Donahue, Sally Jesse, Jenny Jones. Even Oprah. Oprah. You name it, she'd watch it. Jerry? I have a story about Jerry. (laughs) I, uh... Morton Downey. You remember Morton Downey? I do. Well, she watched him, too. Maury. Back when Maury was, like, hard-hitting and, like, actual news and not baby daddy. (laughs) She watched him. Like, she... So... I've known one of these people so far. So, growing up... Mm -hmm. So, growing up, I would watch these talk shows. But, yeah, like you said, they were only on for a certain time... And then you could go and you could watch, I don't know, Small Wonder or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Small Wonder. Mm -hmm. About an android child. It wasn't even an android. It was a robot child. Okay, continue. Why are you Anyways. So, I feel like news in little doses is better than news all the time. Because when you're bombarded with it, then you carry it. Especially someone like me, I carry it with me. Right. And it just makes me sick to my stomach constantly. Mm-hmm. Can I tell my Jerry Springer story? Sure. Go I for know it. someone who was on Jerry Springer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Her name was Misty. Um, she lived in Florida. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this, people? She was kind of Florida trash. No offense to people who live in Florida. The Mickey Mouse Club was filmed in Florida. None of them are trash, I don't think. I wouldn't go that far. I don't far. think any of them are trash. I, okay. Continue. Anyways, so, if I remember correctly, Misty's mom was married to some old coot. And Misty was... Misty's mom was cheating on the old coot with the old coot's son, which would make him her mom's stepson. But he was like as old as the mom was, because this guy was pretty old. Um, and so, like, they were on Jerry Springer, and you know, they came out, and there were like chairs were thrown, and Misty. Because it was Florida, she was super proud, and like everyone, like no one gave her crap about being on Jerry Springer, like they would have up here. No offense to Floridians, there goes all of our Florida people. No yes, offense to Flor- of which we have so many. No offense to Floridians, but like down there, they were like, "Yeah, right on, girl. You were on Jerry Springer, weren't you?" And no one like gave her crap about it. I don't okay. even know who this person is. Her Jerry name's Misty. No, no. Jerry, Jerry Springer. Springer oh. was a talk show. It wasn't a talk where show. He had it was people come on it was and pure it was trash. just craziness constantly and the people always fought with each other. And through Because it was always like this person is dating this person, but then they're sleeping with this person's or, brother or something, and then they would get into a fight and then everyone would go, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Or, There'd be, like, Klansmen, and, like, someone would be sleeping with a person of color, and the Klansmen would, like, and one time there was a Klansman in the Black Panthers, right? I think so. 
Do you remember? Okay, wait a minute. Do you remember the Treehouse of Horror episode where Maggie? Um, it's revealed that Maggie was an alien. Yes. And remember Somewhat. the end of the episode no. where they're sitting down and they're talking, and they're like, um, Homer's oh, talking the to the talk alien show? on the talk show. Yeah. And the guy's like interviewing them. That's Jerry. That's Springer. Jerry Springer. Is he and the? And basically, what was is happening? Is he the, in the "You show. Are the Father" guy? No, no that's, that's Maury. Maury. Oh. But what was happening in that episode was pretty true to life of what would happen on the Jerry Springer show oh. every single. So it's like episode. the Eric Andre show, but opposite. No. Where the the host isn't doing it; it's the guests. Mm. Sure. Yes, we'll go with that. <laughs> just so we can move on. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but yeah, but obviously, like I was saying, you know, because of the fact that we live in a 24-7 news cycle, you know, every network is trying to outdo the other one and being, putting forth more sensationalized stories and things like that. And this was really right around the time where that really started to um, really come into prominence when this episode was airing. So... All right, so let's jump in here with Act 1. We're not even in Act 1 yet. We are not, and here we go. Oh, Lord. So Act 1, Homer and Marge attend a candy convention and hire Ashley Grant, a college-aged feminist, to babysit Bart, Maggie, and Lisa. At the convention, Homer outfits Marge with an oversized trench coat and is vigilant in smuggling out as much candy as possible in her pockets until a gummy Venus de Milo catches his eye. Using Marge as a distraction, Homer is able to steal the show's most valuable and rarest candy, the Gummy Venus, using a soda and Pop Rocks grenade to escape. (laughs) That night, Homer searches for the Gummy Venus, but is unable to find it. Marge reminds him to take Ashley home, and Homer grudgingly obliges. As Ashley is exiting Homer's car, he sees the Gummy Venus stuck to the back of her pants. Homer innocently grabs the candy, and Ashley turns around to see Homer drooling lustily, anticipating finally getting to eat the gummy Venus. Misinterpreting his poor tact as a deliberate sexual advance, Ashley runs off screaming in terror while Homer gleefully eats the candy. The next morning, an angry mob marches onto the Simpsons' lawn and claims that Homer sexually harassed Ashley. Act 1, what you guys got? Um, well, when they're, um, eating the cereal and they're, like, complaining about how it's not all marshmallow, there is an all marshmallow cereal on Amazon. (laughs) What is it? The stupid FDA? He goes, damn FDA, why can't it all be marshmallow? Well. And then, of course, he's picking out the pieces. Yeah. Putting them back in the box. And Lisa says, Bart. Or, ew, Bart, don't put the non-marshmallow pieces back in the box. They go in the trash. Very un-Lisa thing to say. Uh, yeah, I would think so. So now, have you ever thought that? Like, why can't there just be an all-marshmallow cereal? I just told you there is an all-marshmallow cereal on Amazon. I know, but I'm asking Brendan. No, because that's ridiculous. <laughs> so as a kid, you never thought that? Like, why wouldn't there be an all-marshmallow cereal? No, I mean, I like the marshmallows better because... You know, they're sugar, but I didn't question a lot of things when I was a kid. All right, makes sense. I just rolled with the punches. Mm -hmm. Now, did you save the marshmallows for last? No. 
Because I remember when I used to like Lucky Charms, I can't eat that crap anymore. But when I used to like it, I would try to eat as many of the pieces first. So that way I could save the marshmallows for the end. I've always been pretty good at, uh, at like, like pacing. Like, for example, in marshmallow cereal, okay. I'll have, like, I'll be able to make the marshmallows last as long as the um, other stuff does. The other... So you want it to be a, a mixture, or like a combination of the both. You don't yeah. want to have all regular pieces and all marshmallows. You want them to be together. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. When Homer's talking about going to the... Uh, oh, what's it called again? The Candy Expo. Mm-hmm. And he says, Oh, you like sweets, kids? I know a place that's sweeter than sweetness itself. It's this sweet place earthly donuts are sour as poison. You'd spit them out, you would. <laughs> Just love that quote. <laughs> I, I like when he's in the uh, candy convention and he says, I feel like a kid in some kind of store. <laughs> and you know what? Like Speaking of the candy convention, the candy industry trade show, um, once again, The Simpsons does that fake out where something really sweet happens and then they totally change it where Homer says that he wants to take Marge to the candy convention mm-hmm. and, you know, I forget exactly how he says it, but he says something really nice about how he wants to go with the love of his life and this and that. And, you know, of course the kids really want to go and... But they have puny muscles. Yes. And, and Marge has big ropey ones. Big ropey ones. So yeah, because the kids can't carry as much candy, that's why he's bringing Marge. Not because he loves her or he wants to do something special with his wife, because she can carry more. <laughs> um, I also love when Homer's looking for the golden ticket in the Quickie Mart, yeah. and I just love the way Hank Azaria does the hey. He's like hey, hey. I don't know why, I just find that really funny. And he tells him, I've asked you nicely not to mangle my merchandise. You leave me no choice to ask you nicely again. <laughs> um, There's that thing where they're looking at like the gummy sculptures and, oh, this artist works in a medium of gummy or whatever. And I thought, you know what? There are probably people who do that. Yeah. 100%. Like, that's not... There's... Not not nowadays! Nothing's cuckoo nowadays! Well, no, there's, like, actual gelatin art. Like, uh... Like, not sculptures that I... I'm sure there are. But, like, uh... But gelatin art, like, injecting a block of gelatin Ew. with, like, uh, different kinds of, like, sugary, uh, like, dyes... Mm-hmm. And making like a cool flower or something is actually a pretty big thing. Okay. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll show you some of the some of the stuff that that and maybe we'll put it on our Facebook. Okay. Sure. Uh. But yeah. Yeah. It's it's a pretty big thing. Yeah. So I'm actually going to defend Homer here a little bit though. I'm going to say that he chose Marge because how do you pick one child versus the other? Oh, no. very easily. The most well-behaved. So then, Maggie? So, uh, Brendan, I wanted to ask you about this. When Homer is prepping the coat 
with Marge. And he says, you wouldn't have to wear this if you would sit in a hollowed out wheelchair. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So How thoughts on that comment. That? I don't. Because I, I have some problems with I mean, obviously there's one major problem with it, mm-hmm. but I have some other problems with it. But I want to see what you have to say about it. I don't understand how you make a hollowed out wheelchair. Okay. I mean, besides that comment being very problematic. (laughs) Yes. But I guess my issue is, don't you think that the jacket with pockets would hold way more than a hollowed out wheelchair? I don't know. It depends on how tall the wheelchair is. I suppose. She also had two purses. Yes. Kind of reminded me of someone else I know. <laughs> um, I so yeah, take two purses. No, but you have giant purses. Um, and Corey, what did you think about the babysitter options? Please be the scary-looking hobo. <laughs> yep, they went with either a grad student or a scary-looking hobo, and unfortunately, Bart is disappointed because he needs the babysitter. Uh, I believe Ashley. I forget her last name. Yeah, so she decides to come in, and Homer rushes out of the house, and Marge says, there's a baby somewhere upstairs. <laughs> but So, I, when, when I heard um, scary-looking hobo, mm-hmm. and no offense to one of the best uh, musicians there is, I thought, Tim Berry. <laughs> no. Scary-looking hobo is Chuck Reagan. Back then? No, now. Back then? No. Back then he was just like... Both of them are amazing. He was like a kid. So, alright, continuing on, I'm sorry. Um, And (laughs) I just love when Bart finds out that the babysitter told Lisa's class that women don't have to be second-class citizens, and he turns to Marge and says, how could you leave us with this maniac? So, I bet you're one of those don't-call-me-a-chick-chicks, huh? <laughs> and, wow, that was just brilliant, though. Her uh, her way to uh, control Bart. With Disemboweler 4, the game where condemned criminals dig at each other with rusty hooks. Ew. Clearly <laughs> a GTA reference. <laughs> and, of course, the when she holds up the cartridge to Bart... And he's just salivating. And then she, you know, kind of does and the back and forth. The and then she runs him right into the wall. <laughs> just great. And uh, see, Lisa, males aren't hard to train. They always follow their video game cartridges. <laughs> um, did you guys happen to notice what the sign said at the community center? Um, candy-shaped rat poison? Yes. So first it said candy convention, room one. And then it said also candy-shaped rat poison convention room 11 yeah yeah i saw that <laughs> don't go in there <laughs> no uh brenna what'd you think of the super sour ball i'd eat it <laughs> i just mean homer's reaction and <laughs> i'd eat it <laughs> and now i think this probably got the biggest reaction of most of the jokes was the uh conversation homer has with the wax lips, man. 
They're such a garbage candy! They are not candy! I have to go to the basement! <laughs> well, they're the candy of a thousand uses. <laughs> like what? Well, one, a humorous substitute for your own lips. Keep Name going. another one! <laughs> Two, uh, and then as Corey said... I have to go to the basement. (laughs) And then he does a little doop, 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 down to the basement. And then you just see him peek up. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (sighs) And uh, one of my favorite signs, too, is the when they go to the gummy section, and it says, Jolly Gummy Bears, they hibernate in your colon. Well, not if they're those gummy bears that were sold on Amazon. Right. <laughs> You've never seen the um, Amazon reviews for <laughs> these sugar-free gummy bears? Oh, my God. It's hilarious. Mm. <laughs> um, they made people poop a lot. Mm. There you go. Uh, so I have it here, Brendan. Homer's skillful acquisition of the gummy Venus to Milo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that whole segment was just phenomenal. Yes. That that was absolutely the best part of this episode. So do you want to talk about Uh yes. Um so Homer asks Marge to distract the shopkeeper who made the Venus to Milo uh gummy sculpture and all these other gummy sculptures uh marge says no she won't do that that she's already drawing enough attention to herself with her bulging coat of candy um oh wait before you get to that though the celery joke oh yes it was before that yes some sugar on that (laughs) or you're gonna have to leave Uh, my favorite joke, though, was in the very beginning where they go, looking for Mr. Goodbar. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, Brennan. Continue. So, uh, uh, Marge's, one of coat, one of her coat pockets explode and start throwing candy everywhere. Which, did you notice there was candy already on the floor? Yeah. Before it actually exploded? Yeah. I mean, it's a convention there's always stuff on the floor because there's never enough room to bend down and pick anything up yeah but i think this that was supposed to be like out of her coat but anyways <laughs> i'm sorry continue um uh the coat pocket explodes the shopkeeper bends down and starts helping her pick it up as she says i don't know how that got there <laughs> um as homer <laughs> says it's time for my most skillful acquisition yet or something punches the glass the (laughs) alarm starts going which doesn't make sense but sure um takes the venus de milo sculpture and runs with marge and i love when he says run marge save the booty (laughs) (laughs) um and they're running towards the exit and he grab he punches the uh the the cola machine grabs a uh, what's their their cola called pop buzz oh, yeah buzz buzz cola. cola yeah uh and grabs some pop rocks from his pocket puts puts it on shakes it up throws it and it explodes as he's running away and he does the whole action movie get blown by the uh but you in forgot slow motion. what he said, which is, 
See you in hell, candy boys. Yep. <laughs> that segment is... I'm going to also put that in my top ten moments of The Simpsons. That segment with it's the Pop Rocks. very, very good. so good. And, um, of course, that is a parody of pretty much every Bruce Willis movie ever yes. made. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So... Yippee kayak, other buckets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh man, like I said, that's such just such a high moment. It's hard to even go from there. So I love when they come home, and of course the kids are rummaging around in Marge's coat and everything, and they're looking for candy and this and that, and then Marge says, "Homer, would you please take the babysitter home?" and <laughs> She goes, she's been waiting in the car for 20 minutes. And she starts beeping the horn and goes, look, she's having the time of her life. She's got plenty of things to do in there. And and then, of course, the ride home with her. It's just so... um, But yeah, when they're driving home and the conversation that Homer's having with her, and she just wants none of it. She could just tell she wants out of that car so badly. And he's just like... So they can put a man on a moon, but they can't make my shoes smell good. Eh. And she's like, I'm sorry. He's like, nah, no one's blaming you. <laughs> and then he says, can you, I need help with the wheel so I can scratch myself in two places yeah. at the same time. He says, can you take the wheel? <laughs> yes. And at that point, that's when she's just like, I need to get out of here. Just let me out. And she just wants none of it. She doesn't care where she is. She just wants out. And of course, as she's stepping out, that's when we see the reveal that the Venus is on her bottom. Oh. And Homer sees Sweet it. Sweet Venus. Yep, precious Venus. <laughs> but. <laughs> Oldest excuse in the book. Yeah, that's the next part. But, <laughs> yes. but um, the thing I just loved about that was the animation of after Homer taking the Venus and her turning around and that look on his face where he looks so depraved and messed up where, of course, she thinks he grabbed her and he's got the the candy. And the fact that she walks away and is just like, thank you! Yeah. (laughs) Just so weird. (laughs) I, I do also love in the morning when the kids come downstairs and they have the huge stomach ache yeah. And they don't, and Homer's like, oh, we got candy for breakfast. And they're just like, oh, they can't eat anymore. And then mm-hmm. Marge says, well, if you don't want any more candy, we can give it to needy children. <laughs> and then they just like, no. And they just get over it. Like, and, they just... and they're just half hearted. <laughs> but they have to eat it because yeah. they don't want to give it to the needy children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that mob, that, mm-hmm. that mob assembled quickly. Well, mob mentality. And now, did you guys notice that there was nobody in that mob that we recognized? Yeah. Are they all from the college? I'm assuming so, but... Also, what college? The I, there's Springfield multiple college? colleges in Springfield, so it could be any multitude of... <laughs> it's Are a graduate there? school. Yeah, there's at least two, if not three, colleges in Springfield. Yeah. Interesting. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I think there's a Springfield A&M. And then there might be a Springfield University. I could be wrong on that. So, but um, but yeah. So that mob assembles quick, and of course, it's a mob, so they have to have signs. 
And of the signs they have, there's Homer Badman, which of course is the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. Hands off. Homer is a pig. <laughs> you pinch, we lynch. I saw that one. And touch a butt, go to jail. Touch a butt, go to jail? <laughs> yep. Oh my god. I didn't see that. And, you know, one of the last things that happens um, in this act is when Homer has the realization he thinks it's the candy, basically the candy police. I forget the exact word he uses. But they're here for him because he stole the gummy Venus to Milo. And when he realizes it's not them, he breathes a sigh of relief and says, for a minute there, I thought I was in big trouble. (laughs) And he says, it's just a don't! (laughs) Once he realizes that he's really in trouble now. So... All right, anything else from Act 1? No. Okay. All right, Act 2. Homer tries to explain his actions, but the crowd isn't interested in anything that might defend him and continuously harasses Homer, following him everywhere, including work. Uh, Rock Bottom, a tabloid news show, wants to interview him about his predicament, and Homer immediately agrees agrees to be interviewed. However, the interview is heavily and badly edited into a totally inaccurate segment where Homer is portrayed as a sexual pervert. Things go from bad to worse as a media circus arrives at the Simpson home and provides 24-hour coverage of Simpson household events, such as Marge letting the cat out and the family watching TV. In the process, the media practically label Homer the worst person in the world and claim that everything he does, including slipping in the shower, is an act of perversion. Making matters worse, the Fox Network airs a movie titled Homer S. Portrait of an Ass Grabber. Portrait sounds classy. (laughs) Starring Dennis Franz as Homer, which makes Homer look even more evil. And even his family is reluctant to believe that Homer is innocent, as it is hard to go against the TV. All right, act two. Well, it sounds classy. Portrait? (laughs) It's Portrait. And, no, it was not. (laughs) They portrayed him to be a pretty awful person. And um, Ashley grants a response to him. um, Stop right there, Mr. Simpson. That's sexual harassment. And if you don't stop, I'm going to scream louder. I'm going to scream so loud that everyone in the country will hear me. And he says, "With with a man in the White House? Not likely. So maybe they predicted something again. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um, Brendan, you seem to really laugh at the protesters chant. I don't remember what the protesters chant. Two, was. four, six, eight. Homer's crime was very great. Great meaning larger oh immense. God, yeah. We use it in the pejorative sense. <laughs> Nothing? He's just shaking uh, his head. <laughs> yeah, it it was it, it was good. It was it was it was a funny goof. Yes, I just like how they you know uh, misdirected you there because you're like Homer's crime was very great. What? And then they revealed that it's pejorative, so that's why. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, Corey, I know you love this. You know how bashful I am. I laugh whenever I say titmouse. <laughs> I giggle like a schoolgirl. <laughs> oh, that just reminds me of Nick. Remember that one time we were playing? Our friend Nick, big guy, works in corrections, and uh, he likes to laugh. 
Yeah. And he has a great laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had a night once where we were playing Cards Against Humanity, and he was kind of giggling like a schoolgirl, and it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, Brendan, you mentioned this already, um, when Homer tries to come out and defend himself. And says that he's a decent guy. Why wasn't he wearing pants? Yes. Well, I have two problems with that. Yes, he's not wearing pants. But the second question is... Underwear? At at the end of Act 1, Homer is fully clothed. Yeah, where'd the robe come from? So why did he get out of his clothes, put on a robe, and then go out to talk to them? That man hates pants. (laughs) Clearly. I mean, obviously I know they used it for the joke. But you'd think they would have maybe caught that in Act 1 where have him come downstairs in the robe, you know, mm-hmm. and do all of that. But, but yeah, and of course, the reveal with the robe is when Homer says he's a decent man, the wind comes, lifts up his robe, and he's not wearing pants. There's no underwear. bottom. <laughs> There's nothing. Oh, and then, yeah, I was saying, Brendan, you brought it up already, when Homer's trying to defend himself, and he says that he was grabbing a Venus de Milo that got stuck to her pants the one woman says that's the oldest excuse in the book (laughs) clearly it is (laughs) and then of course bart i I love this little uh conversation he has with homer when he says why would anyone want to touch a girl's butt that's where cooties come from um my favorite is when the protesters are like He's like, you're not going to stop me from living my life. And they're shaking his car. And then you see him on the freeway. They're shaking his car. And then you see him at work. And they're shaking him. And the one girl goes, we aren't crazy about nuclear power either. The guy before her yeah. says, go ahead and try to push the right buttons now. <laughs> <laughs> and then Smithers comes in. Uh, you people can't be here. And Homer goes, it's all right. They're with me. <laughs> yes. Um, going back to Barton Homer's uh, conversation, though, right after he talks about not wanting to touch a girl's butt. Mm-hmm. And Homer tries to explain what's going on because Lisa doesn't quite understand. And she even says, Dad, Dad, like, what are they saying that you did? I don't understand. <laughs> he says... Remember that postcard that Grandpa sent us from Florida of that alligator biting that woman's bottom? And they all laugh. And Bart's like, yeah, that was classic. And he goes, yeah, that's right. We all thought it was hilarious. But it turns out we were wrong. That alligator was sexually harassing that woman. And then he's, Bart says, and the dog from the Coppertone ad? And he says, that's kind of a gray area. <laughs> Brandon, do you know what that is? No nope. copper tone ad. So it was way back in the day. I think they used it up until fairly recently. Copper tone is sunblock. Okay. And their ad and their logo was like a baby walking on the beach in a diaper and a dog coming up behind him and biting the diaper and pulling it down. And the baby's kind of tan, but then his bottom is not. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, when I was younger, like much younger, mm-hmm. um, I I was very pale, but I thought I was getting tan. And my mom said, you're not getting tan. And I said, yes, I am. And just like the Coppertone ad, I, well, there was no dog that pulled down my bottom, but I pulled down my own bottom <laughs> to show her. Oh and um, Did you say kiss this? And I remember a lot of screaming for some reason. 
I think it was my grandma because that wasn't very uh, ladylike what I did. Correct. Because I showed some on my butt. You did. <laughs> was there a difference between the normal skin and your... Oh, I'm sure there was not. Okay. But, you know. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, also, a sex farm for sex hookers. <laughs> I keep telling you, I just grow sorghum here. Uh-huh. Where are the hookers? Round back. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite, when Homer suggests his plan of going on the lamb under the sea. Under the sea. <laughs> There are no accusations, just friendly crustaceans under the, the sea. sea. Homer, that's your solution to everything. Just move under the sea. It's not going to happen. Not with that attitude. <laughs> um, like that just, it, it's just and, so ridiculous. It just him, makes no sense, but it's so great. And him eating all of the... Yeah, why was he eating all of the fish? All I mean, of them. <laughs> You can't have a Homer uh, uh, daydream without him eating everything. I suppose. That makes sense. <laughs> Every one of his dreams or daydreams yes. involve him eating a lot of things. It's true. You're not wrong. Uh. But yeah, that's just... And apparently, like, he's thought of this before. So, um, I do love Homer's freak out when he figures out that he's on his own. When he's trying to ask Marge to help him out. And she's like, basically, you know, I, I really can't with this. And I mean, she did talk to the <laughs> indignation coordinator. Yeah, she did. She tried. And when Homer is freaking out and he says, oh, help me, God. <laughs> and then the phone. And the phone rings and just his reaction just yellow. very <laughs> slowly grabbing for the phone and then just yellow. And then Homer, who, or Homer, and Brendan, who does he hear from? Hello, Homer. This is God. Free something. Jones. Jones. <laughs> yeah, Brenton seemed to really like that joke. <laughs> that was a good joke. That, one. <laughs> that was a well-timed joke. It sure was. <laughs> and yes, as it turns out, it's Godfrey Jones from the TV magazine show Rock Bottom. <laughs> um, I do also like, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in the Rock Bottom uh, the beginning part so after the uh the sex farm for sex hookers um when they're talking about homer and everything that's going on with him and the picture that they show of him in slow motion going into his car and he's just fishing for his keys in yeah. his pocket and he just keeps pushing his hand further and further in his pocket and he's making these weird faces you know because they're trying to make it look like you know he's fishing around down he's there he's a perv yep so I just thought that was interesting. Um, Brennan, can we talk about the edit of the interview? <laughs> and the clock! The clock is my favorite part. Well, yeah, that's the best part about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this was, that was also a pretty great joke. Just, oh. Uh. Some people don't know how to stage a set. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do something like that, you don't, uh you can't show something that would be able to tell time. You mm-hmm. don't put them near a window. Yep. You don't put them near a clock, <laughs> any kind of clock. Yes. Especially not an analog clock. Right. Now, of course, like, I have have seen this episode multiple times and things, and, you know, I tried to watch the clock behind him as he's talking, 
when he's originally talking and saying all the things that they edited, the clock doesn't move. But of course, they just do that to make the joke and mm-hmm. know, make it funny. But what about her sweet, so. sweet can? <laughs> sweet, sweet can. <laughs> when he asks Homer, I uh, forget exactly the question he asks him, but Homer just doesn't answer it because he's frozen on the screen and you see like the lines at the bottom. Yes. And then he's like, no, Mr. Simpson, please, no, no don't hurt me. <laughs> Anything but that. And then it says dramatization may not have actually yep. happened. Dramatization may not have happened. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> of course, Homer uh, mentioning that, you know, after the under the sea part, when Marge says, you know, just relax, everything will blow over. And Homer says, nothing ever blows over for me. And then, of course, the helicopter comes and knocks over the car. <laughs> also, in the morning, the car was still knocked over, but it was directly on the one-car driveway. Okay. It was flipped over on its back, still in the very thin driveway. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll give them credit that it was still flipped over. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give them credit where credit's due, because usually things like that, the next scene, everything's back to normal, so... I'll at least give them credit for credit for that. Um, and <laughs> when Homer comes out of the shower, <laughs> oh, and he falls, and then they, the helicopter catches him, and they say that Homer sleeps nude in an oxygen tent, which he believes gives him sexual powers. <laughs> and That's then, only a half truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> And, of course, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but uh, the whole Gentle Ben scene. And that he interviews the one lady, and then he just doesn't care at all and goes right to the catering. And then he gets yelled at. (laughs) And then he starts attacking. Poor Ben. (laughs) Gentle Ben. Poor Gentle Ben. Um, So we mentioned the the mob that set up the shantytown Mm -hmm. and everything. So finally, Homer's friends show up, and we feel that all is good, because it is Moe, Barney, Lenny, and Apu. Mm-hmm. They all show up. And yeah. like, oh, nice. They're showing up for Homer, and Marge tries to tell Homer, well, look, your friends are showing up, and mm-hmm. this and that. And, of course, Moe addresses the crowd and says, how can you condemn a man that you don't even know? without talking about the people that have the real dirt on Homer Simpson. The bidding starts at 10 G's. 10 G! (laughs) And the last part of this act, when Homer's trying to get his family to support him, and he asks for a hug, and they're all very reluctant to hug him. (laughs) And he says, why did you all pause? And I think it's Bart says... It's just so hard not to listen to the TV. It spent so much more time raising us than you have. (laughs) And then Homer, dejected, walks away. And then, of course, Bart and Lisa run over to the TV, and they're hugging and kissing it. And Homer says, are you hugging the TV? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) All right, so anything else for Act 2? No. All right. Moving on to our Act 3, Lisa and Marge suggest that Homer videotape his side of the story and air it on a public access teaching. Mm-hmm. TV channel. Mm-hmm. But all he succeeds in doing is angering an old-time bicyclist. 
However, groundskeeper Willie also sees Homer's public TV speech and arrives at the Simpson home with a videotape of what happened the night Homer took Ashley home. The tape clearly shows that Homer was not grabbing Ashley, but the gummy Venus. Ashley and the media apologize for labeling Homer a monster. Later, the Simpsons watch Rock Bottom on TV. When the show retracts his, its accusations against Homer, they all cheer. However, when this is happening, it's just a very quick scroll. Mm-hmm. You can't really see what's being read. Um, the very same episode, however, runs a segment that labels Willie as a disgusting voyeur. Rowdy, Roddy, Peeper. Yep. And Homer immediately declares that Willie is evil. Marge asks Homer if he learned anything from his experience, to which Homer cheerfully responds, replies, replies, Marge, my friend, I haven't learned a thing. <laughs> All right, act three. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll be deep in the cold, cold ground before I recognize Missouri. <laughs> what? It's one of my favorite it's... lines. <laughs> and it's a grandpa line. Yes, it is. Yeah, I don't know what Missouri ever did to Grandpa, but he's not, not happy. Not Missouri. 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 <laughs> I have said that once or twice. For no real reason. And the people I've said it to are like, you have a real problem with Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't get it. Huh? I'm like, damn right. <laughs> Brendan, any thoughts on Bumblebee Man? Ay, ay, ay. I Homer Simpson, no molesto. <laughs> uh, so I took like four years of Spanish. Yes, molestar. The verb molestar means to bother or to annoy. Mm-hmm. It does not mean to molest. Yes, correct. So <laughs> that's aye, aye, something. Aye. Yes, but yeah. And now, did you know who the first guy was? No, that was David Letterman. Oh, okay. So you know who that is? Yes, I just yeah. only know him as Old White Beard Man. Yes. Jokes, I'm running into the ground. No, what was it, punch? That's lines? what it was, yeah. Jokes, I'm running into the ground. Homer Simpson. Because he used to have a segment on his show, it was called The Top Ten List, and he would just read off ten mm-hmm. crazy funny things, and mm-hmm. so that was the uh, the joke there. And of course, now, I remember when I was a kid, you're not going to know any of this, Brendan. But I remember when I was a kid evening at the improv. Yeah. And like watching that and Homer's exactly right. Yeah. So evening at the improv, Brendan, was just stand up comedy. Okay. And it was exactly what Homer said. They don't talk about anything after the nineteen eighties. Like me. And you would turn it on and I'm assuming it's because all of the skits and everything were from the eighties. Like they didn't have anything current. But that's literally what it was. You would turn on and all it was was like comedy from like five to ten years prior (laughs) (laughs) so he knows he's good there because uh (laughs) what would mr t and et's baby sound like a pity the food i don't fall at home (laughs) that was awful i hated it well i'd hate to be mr t right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah he really uh gave it to mr t there (laughs) which by the way mr t National treasure. Yes. Of Mr. T. A hundred percent. I still to... don't know what Mr. T does. Um, you need I... to watch the A-Team. Do, 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 do. So he's an actor? Do, do, he's an actor do. and he well, kicks butt. Actor? 
Yeah. What does he do? do, do, do he was do. an actor. He was an action do, 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 actor. Do, 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 do. He's also in Rocky Three. Okay. But basically, he plays the same character in everything he does. Uh-huh. And he pities the fool. He does. And I loved Mr. T as a kid. I used to eat the Mr. T cereal. Oh my god. Which was just teas. And I used That's to watch. That's all it was. Yeah, it was. I never had. It was it. like a corn cereal. And they were just I had teas, zero interest. Uppercase T's. And he used to have a cartoon Good show Lord. that I used to love. I can still think of the song in my head. It just said like Mr. Sing T it. over and over. It was like Mr. T. Mr. T. And it just kept saying that. I'm sure there was more words, but that's all I remember. And to top it all off, I had a belt that had Mr. T's face on it. And it was awesome. So, but I don't know what happened. I only have Bonnie, ever seen. Bonnie, what happened to that belt? I have only ever seen Mr. T in his drug PSA, which is phenomenal. <laughs> no, you know what's phenomenal? I just remembered this. Well, there's two things. I've shown you the Conan, right? When Conan goes apple picking with Mr. T. Yes. That's incredible, but the thing that I just thought of that I totally forgot about, I forget what it was for, but Mr. T did an infomercial for something. Oh, 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 the, um... Oh. Slap chop. No. It was something like that. It was like a cooking apparatus it was, or it something. Was an, it was an oven or something, like a new wave oven yes. or something like that. But the best part of it is when Mr. T makes his appearance, he oh breaks God. through the wall. And it's like ridiculous. It's yes. as ridiculous as you want it and to be. And now this isn't like when Mr. T was in his heyday of the eighties. Like, no, this, this is was Mr. Like, T like a like few years 10 years ago. ago. <laughs> I remember seeing it once on late night television. I was flipping through and I was like, What is this? And then I recorded it on our television. And when people would come over, I would force them to watch it because it was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. We it's were together the at Mr. that time, T right? Flavor Wave Oven Yes, we were, because I 100% remember this, okay. and I remember you forcing people to watch it. Yeah, because it was um, great. Yeah, the Mr. T New Wave Oven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the oldest video I can find of it is nine years ago. Yep, that's so about right. probably yeah. about nine years ago. It's incredible. We'll, we'll show it to you later. <laughs> Or at least I can beginning. watch it on my own. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, all right, so enough about Mr. T. Um, <laughs> Said no one ever. The uh, kids recommend going on public access television because they don't know the meaning of entertainment. And uh, the sign, public access TV, home of the bizarre rant. Now, I did also, I want to point this out, the flag where Lisa said there's only 49 stars on that flag. Yeah, because... There was actually only 38. I counted. You counted? I counted the stars. There was only 38 Dork. on the flag. <laughs> Were you going to say something? Yes. How did Wayne get so popular in his hometown? <laughs> You've seen that show. How did it happen? In the movie, he's like a celebrity. Yeah. He gets to cut in line at the at the at the club. Yeah. How did that happen? I, people liked the show. Right. Word but of who, mouth. Who saw it? Someone did, it was and then word of access. mouth. Word of mouth, baby. <laughs> one person tells one, and that person tells Wait, their are friends. Are we talking about Wayne's that person world? Tells yes. their friends. Yeah, because that was public access. Public access Aurora. 
Um, so Homer's speech, when he's talking on public access, is, as I put it, oddly coherent. <laughs> Especially his hatred of the stupid old-timey bikes with the big wheel in front. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan of the old-timey bikes, eh? Now, I don't know why, but that is one of Corey and I's favorite jokes. Um, and there is an old-timey bike shop yes, there is. in Alfred, New York, of all freaking places. Who is got, how does that shop stay in business? And there was an old-timey bike with the big old wheel, and it was out front, and I said to Dad, and I'm sure you remember this too, every time we pass, I go, let's, let's buy that bike for Patrick for a wedding present. <laughs> And then we could give it to him, and if he didn't like it, we'd be like, don't like the old-timey bikes, eh? You know, you Patrick, you, you almost had one, baby. Get on you it. You almost had one. come in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That joke, it's, it's just so I don't wonderful. know why it's so funny. It's because it's so ridiculous, and it's just unexpected and just silly and just so weird. Not but, a oh, fan of the so old-timey great. bikes, eh? And then, and then him just kicking Homer in the face. Yes. And just Homer dejectedly just, oh, <laughs> he shuts the door. Um, I do also love the uh, uh, other version of the pimply face teen that's working yeah. in the uh, yeah, that that was, public that was access weird. TV. When he's like, the switchboards are lighting up. Two calls. That's our best ever. So was Hello? That- no. Janice doesn't live here. Hello? Yes. I'm interested in long-distance savings. Very, Very interested. interested. <laughs> uh, so was that like the first uh, appearance of... No. No, that was just a guy who sounded, sounded like exactly Pimply Face like Teen. Squeaky Voice Teen. But... Yes. Maybe they're two different people. Maybe that's Pimply Face team, Teen, and then the other one is Squeaky Voice Teen. Maybe. No. It's two completely different people. I don't think so. It could be. Maybe. You don't know. It could be. But maybe. Yes. Um, Corey, what did you think of uh, Homer's uh, recipe? Homemade Prozac. Oh, it needs a little more ice cream. <laughs> Homemade Prozac. <laughs> I mean... Hey, listen, if the homemade Prozac had ice cream in it, I think he's on to something. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know what Prozac is. It's a drug that helps with depression. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, it's, ad- it's super addictive also. Yeah, all right. So now, I mean, basically, the main reason I chose this episode was because now last week we chose an episode that um, Apu had a lot to do with. And, you know, I wanted to kind of feature Apu. So when thinking about the episode to do for this week, I was like, what character do I want to kind of center around? So I thought of Willie. Uh, he was love... in like one part. Yes, but he's crucial. Just like Willie. Apu last episode. Like, yes, he's not in much of the episode, but he's a huge part of it. And he basically ties everything together. Willie's more... A bigger part of the plot in this than Apu was in that. Not really, because Apu helps to confirm Lisa's vegetarianism. Sure, but any number of things could have done that. At this point, there was one way out for the writers. But anyways, I've always loved Willie. 
I think it's because he's ridiculous. The fact that he's ready to tear his shirt off at a moment's notice to just help with anything. And, of course, that voice yes, of uh, Dan Castaneda, Ugh. just so great. But anyway, so Willie comes to the door after the old-timey bike and uh, confesses that he's been videotaping couples in cars. <laughs> and although you might think that that's perverted, he tries to tell you every Scottish person does it. I don't know about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Marge makes the comment, you know, the courts might not work anymore, but as long as everybody's taping everyone else, justice will be done. Oh, Marge. <laughs> Ahead of their time? Oh, yes. Marge. And then, so, of course, after seeing the video, that clearly shows that Homer was not doing anything wrong and was just going for the Venus Gummy de Milo. They go to show Ashley the video, and she says, Homer, I thought you were an animal, but your daughter said you were a decent man. I guess she was right. Okay. And I guess she was right. You're oh. both right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, go ahead. Why was she sitting next to him for her first viewing of that video? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Homer should have probably been standing off to the side while she watched it or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good call. Um, so as we mentioned, Homer's cleared of all wrongdoing by a well-documented apology on hard copy. So as I mentioned very quickly, there is a scroll of things that come down. And these were actually all things, um, actual um, things that they apologize for. Mm. So here are... <laughs> the things in that list people's choice awards is america's greatest honor styrofoam is not made from kittens the ufo was a paper plate the nerds on the internet are not geeks the word cheese is not funny in and of itself the older flanders boy is todd not rod lyndon johnson did not provide the voice of yosemite sam if you're reading this you have no life <laughs> Roy Rogers was not buried in his horse. The other UFO was an upside-down salad spinner. Our universities are not hotbeds of anything. Mr. Dershowitz did not literally have four eyes. Our viewers are not pathetic sexless food tubes. Audrey Hepburn, Hepburn never weighed 400 pounds. Oh my God. The Cheers gang is not a real gang. Salt water does not chase the thirsties away. Oh. <laughs> Licking an electrical outlet will not turn you into a mighty morphin Power Ranger. <laughs> Cats do not eventually turn into dogs. <laughs> Why is that funny? Bullets do not bounce off of fat guys. Recycling does not deplete the ozone. Everything is 10% fruit juice. The flesh-eating virus does not hide in ice cream. Janet Reno is evil. V8 juice is not one-eighth gasoline. Ted Koppel is a robot. Women aren't from Venus, and men aren't from Mars. <laughs> Fleiss does floss. Quail is familiar with common bathroom procedures. Bart is bad to the bone. 
Godfrey Jones's wife is cheating on him. Oh. The Beatles haven't reunited to enter kickboxing competitions. The bug on your TV screen can see into your home. Everyone on TV is better than you. And finally, the people who are writing this have no life. (laughs) (laughs) The Simpsons predicted the floss, question mark? I guess. Yeah, Corey, did you get that one? What? Fleiss does floss. I don't know what that means. I'm assuming it's Heidi Fleiss. But I don't know where the floss And she comes flosses. In, they guess. predicted the she dance. She flosses her teeth? I, I don't know, maybe. Good for her. Um, so before we go here, the last final thing is then, of course, we see, as was mentioned at the top of this act, <laughs> the hard copy article or um, special on Willie. <laughs> Roddy, and, Roddy Peeper. Yep. <laughs> and Homer says that he's evil. And Marge is trying to, like, tell him, well, like, you know, didn't you listen to anything? And he says, but if you listen to the music, you can tell that he's evil. (laughs) And, of course, the end, Homer hugs the TV and promises never to fight again. Aww. All right, anything else from Act 3? No. I think that's about it. Yeah, no. All right, so... um, what were your overall thoughts of this episode? I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. I am not a fan. Not a fan. So it's comically an almost perfect episode, but story-wise, it's got a lot of problems. Okay. It trivializes sexual harassment, for one thing. It does. Uh, which is a huge problem, and I wasn't a fan. Especially now. Yeah. Um, it makes you think, like, uh, to, so when, when a victim comes out about a sexual harassment scandal, you should never doubt the victim because it takes so much to come out Mm -hmm. that... It's very problematic if you start doubting mm-hmm. their claims until proof is laid, and th- because this isn't a courtroom, mm-hmm. uh, you always believe the victim in these cases. Can I say something, though, in regards to this episode, though? Go ahead. No one didn't believe her. Yeah. Everyone believed her yes, right from the get-go. But, and that's the problem. They're saying, don't believe everything right from the get-go, because sometimes it's not true. But that's... It's fine if it's not tr- true. It's not fine. But mm. over 90% of all uh, cases, uh, the victim doesn't lie. And Now, is that a... That's an actual statistic okay. that I, I have sure looked if you up. Were just putting that no, on your I have not. Okay. I I actually looked that up. Okay. It's Good. over ninety percent. Um, and you do more harm if you don't believe the victim mm-hmm. than you do if you do believe them. It's yeah. That's that's how I feel about this map. Okay. So what I will say, and I am not going to say you're wrong with anything that you said or anything like that because you're exactly right. But I feel like the purpose of this episode was not 
the sexual harassment claim. The purpose of this episode and the focus of this episode was to kind of showcase how crazy things get, like, blown out of proportion, like, almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Like, with the 24-hour news and all of that and the sensationalism and things like that. So, and that's, of course, not to discount anything that allegedly happened to Ashley, um, which, of course, came out as it didn't and everything like that. So, I see what you're saying and I agree with you, but... I feel like that was just kind of secondary to what they were trying to accomplish here. And that's fine, but they should have used a different way of getting there. They shouldn't have used sexual harassment to get to uh, the media is bad. I, I can, yeah, I can agree with that. Like, that's really a hot button topic that you really shouldn't use to trivialize things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. Makes sense. Comically, this video, this uh, episode is very funny, mm-hmm. but story-wise, it's got a lot of problems. Right. Okay. That I'm not a fan of. All right. Well, thank you for your uh, your opinions of that, uh, Corey. Anything? Um, you know, I I thought it was funny, but I do agree with Brendan, especially in today's um atmosphere. No. Today's climate. yes, climate. It um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I guess I'm trying to say it's lucky that people haven't went back and rediscovered this, and because this would definitely be a part of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that. And I will say too, like, I think maybe one of the reasons why they did this was because. Really, I would say probably before the 90s, like, you never really heard of sexual harassment. Right. Like, that just wasn't a thing. Of course right, it right. happened. I mean, But it, no one ever said anything about it. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's there's just, always sexual harassment. Right. But you didn't hear it as much as you do now because right. people weren't coming out and saying right. it for fear of Retru- yeah, retaliation, retaliation right. whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think... They might have kind of used that because there were cases that started coming out about sexual harassment and things like that. So maybe that's one of the reasons why, because all of a sudden that was like a topic that was starting to show up more and more in society. And, you know, it was fairly new at that point, as far as the even the term sexual harassment mm-hmm. was a new term and it was something that people weren't accustomed to and but you're exactly right like i think one of the first ones i remember was it was the clarence thomas case right mm-hmm. yeah and almost that entire case everyone pretty much um did not believe the woman the entire way through right. and of course as time has gone on I feel like that has improved where people are giving um, these poor people that are going through this horrible thing kind of the benefit of the doubt. So it definitely has improved. But I think maybe, so I guess what I would say in regards to this episode and my feelings is, yes, I agree with you that there are some very, very funny moments in this. There are some great moments that, you know, I've always loved, continue to love to this day. But as far as when you look at it in today's perspective, it doesn't hold up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and as you said there are some things that are problematic about it and I don't feel personally that it needs to be canceled because of the fact that they were just kind of going by what they knew back then and like like I said it's not as if they made Ashley out to be this horrible terrible person like I feel like they did kind of make her appear to be kind of like a loud mouth and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that but again she thought this happened to her mm-hmm. and if anything I feel like they almost kind of empowered her to show that she came out right away said this lots of people gathered behind her supported her and so I guess in some respects I might even say maybe this helped I going forward say but I mean I don't know um, but yeah, so I definitely would say, you know, it definitely has some problematic issues to it. I don't feel as creeped out with this episode as I did about, you know, the Michael Jackson episode yes. we did a few episodes back. So like, I wouldn't necessarily say that this is one that I'm going to distance myself from, like mm-hmm. I said, with, mm-hmm. um, the Michael Jackson episode where I said, I don't think I will ever watch this again. Right. I can still watch this episode and I can still, you know, gather some pleasure from it and, you know, laugh and things like that. But also keeping in mind of how things have changed since that time. Mm -hmm. So thinking about it again, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that The Simpsons approached this topic, not sexual harassment, uh, media bad and uh how things get blown out of proportion really easily again and i think they did it really well there uh as opposed to what they did here uh which was the uh the bear in springfield episode oh right yeah so now that was just a small portion of that episode yeah but yes but if like that topic would be i think that that would be a much more appropriate way of demonstrating their point right than what they did here and i believe that episode was after this yeah yeah so i think it was later not much later like probably just a couple seasons after this but yes i i i agree with you there that you know and i definitely agree with you which i had never really thought of until you brought up that the whole idea of them showing the sensationalization of media and how things get overblown and everything is a good thing to go towards, but perhaps they should have used something else to show that. Yeah. Rather than sexual harassment. So, agreed. But All right. Um, so, real quick, why don't you hit our ratings? Okay. Uh, when it originally broadcasted, Homer Badman finished 50th in the ratings for the week of November 21st through the 27th, 1994, with a Nielsen rating of 9.5, equivalent to approximately 9.1 million viewing households. It was the highest rated show on the Fox network that week, beating Married with Children. All right. Thank you. All right. So uh, before we go here and... Thank you both for your conversations. I thought this was a very good conversation, and it actually went a lot deeper than I anticipated. So thank you for your thoughts. And we'd love to hear from you, too, on your thoughts, um, how you feel about this episode. If you watched it recently, feel differently about it. You know, if there are things that you're not so happy with, you know, if you aren't impacted by it at all, 
let us know. We'd be interested to see. So, Do you want to fight me? <laughs> then you should email. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, so before we go here, Act 4, anybody have anything? I do. You put up recessed lighting, and that's very nice, and it's it's much nicer in our kitchen now. Yeah, and we are in that kitchen, and everything is well lit right now for yeah. our podcast. Which is crazy, because it's never well lit, and there's always something kind of buzzing around or something, and not anymore, baby. Yep. Have I talked about Arita Mobile yet? Yeah. Yes, you have. I think on the last one you did. We did? Pretty okay. sure. Uh, so you got anything unmagic related? You're watching a new show. I am watching a new show. That's true. Which I isn't am... new, but it's well, new yes. to you. Uh, I am currently in season three, like halfway through season three of Breaking Bad. And whoo boy, that is an adventure. Sure is. Um, It's phenomenal. It's incredibly written. Characters are terrible people. Um, it's a downer. Yeah, like it's not a feel-good show. I told Brandon when he started watching, and I said, "I would not advise you to binge this show. You should take a little bit of time between episodes because it's it can get quite depressing." That's not how I roll. <laughs> um, you also told me that it's a slow burn, and I disagree. I think it's been steady it's a steady burn yeah it's is is good all the way through i just mean like in my opinion when i was watching it i felt like each episode kind of got better as it went along i still think that episode one was great like i don't i don't think that there was anything slow about episode one i fell asleep well you fall asleep on everything well it's true i don't fall asleep during falcon and winter soldier but also, I feel like the two times we've watched it, it was fairly late. So, that's that's the excuse for you falling asleep. Sure. If we watched it at a normal time, I'd maybe probably fall asleep. Late. You should give it another try. I'm telling you, it's third time's a charm. Really, really good. <laughs> so, but also, I'm sure people already know this. Yeah. Not a family friendly show. No, don't. So. Eighteen and older. You're seven. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And for me... Falcon um, and Winter Soldier? Nope. I'm not going to mention Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm going to go in the opposite direction because I feel like that's already getting a lot of attention. Which I am enjoying Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's been fun. Didn't we already but, mention it, though? Possibly. If I but, re- mentioned Arena Mobile, we definitely mentioned Falcon and the Winter Soldier because that was before Arena Mobile. Sure. Anyways... I am going to recommend the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. So now I've only seen the first episode, but I really enjoyed it. Now, I've liked the Mighty Ducks movies since I was a kid, and I don't believe, like some people, there are, some people are like, this is the greatest sports movie ever made. No, it is not. What's the greatest sports movie ever made? But remember, what Kyle, but remember what Kyle Newichek said? What? Everyone loves baseball movies. <laughs> Sandlot is also a very good movie. <laughs> I think Sandlot is the best sports movie but ever made. I do enjoy The Mighty Ducks. What about The Natural? What about Bull Durham? I never really... 
It's been a very long time since I've seen The Natural. I've never watched it like as an adult. If what about was a kid? Isn't Rudy a sports movie? Rudy is a sports movie, and it's also good. What about but um? I really like the Miracle. replacements with Keanu Reeves. Never saw it. So, um, yes, like I said, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. I've only seen the first episode, but I really did enjoy it. It was fun. Um, I mean, it's definitely not the best show you've ever seen or anything like that, but it's just everything I wanted it to be. It was just fun, campy, you know, very light, enjoyable. Um, Of course, it is family-friendly, so pretty much anyone can enjoy it. However... You know, I did have my problems with it, but for the most part, it was pretty good. I liked it. It was nice to see Emilio Estevez again, and rumor has it that some of the original ducks are coming back. So that will also be Charlie Conway. To what see. are you doing? So I don't know who they are, but it'll be Adam interesting Banks. To see. He's not doing nothing. So check that out. Obviously, it's on Disney Plus. However, I can tell just from watching the first episode that show may be fine, but it's no Cobra Kai. Right. Cobra Kai is great. Correct. I would agree with you there. So remember, before we go here, um, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can email us at soitscometothispod at gmail.com. You can get us on Instagram. We'll eventually put something up there, maybe. So it's come to this underscore pod. And Facebook is where we are most active. And you can find us on So It's Come, the number two, this. So feel free to go there and like our page and don't forget you can find us on spotify stitcher apple and google podcasts or wherever you find your podcast and while you're there make sure to like and subscribe my friend tj miller might be coming to buffalo i mean he is coming to buffalo maybe no he is probably and we're hoping to get to see him my friend tj maybe i'll say hi to him maybe (laughs) as he's on stage hey tj what's up TJ, it's me. Are you going to bring a mirror and be like, there he is? <laughs> There's my friend TJ. He, All right. I don't think he would get me kicked out. I think he'd be like, that lady's nuts. He'd be like, bring that lady backstage. <laughs> <laughs> All it's right. all so sudden, TJ. It's all so sudden. So with that, let's get out of here. Oh, God. I don't even know what the hell I'm going to. Oh, no. Please edit that hell out. Oh no, there's another one. <laughs> Goodbye. Just bleep it. Goodbye. Uh, I, see you later. Or hear you later because we're on a podcast. I, Kyle always calls podcast radio. So. Yes. All right, and we will smell you later, everyone. Thank you. Someone, 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 uh, buy me some time. I'm still typing it out. Typing it out? Yeah, I, I forget who I've said and who I have. Dean, so, you can't t- use your tail as a weapon against me. I mean, you can. So, here's a, here's a thought. Why don't you save the document and just use the it's same one? It's someone different one. all the time. No, right. but then you can take people on and you off. You know what? That's not what. That's not. That's not the. That's not what our audience is expecting of me. Sure. All this where will be edited my, out anyway. Where is my mirror?
Where is it? Where is it? Dean? Where is it? Dean was going to podcast for you today, Brendan. He was sitting in your spot. Mm. Oh my god. What is he doing? Okay, guys, I interrupt this magic mirror moment (laughs) to let you know that my cat is just attacking stuff on the refrigerator for no real reason. Back to the magic mirror. 